0: Hello and welcome to the Here We Grow Show, a show specifically
1: designed to bring together community leaders making a difference and share financial strategies so you can plan for and live the retirement lifestyle you've always dreamed. Your host is Amazon
0: best-selling author, president and founder of Fogith Financial Group, Michael Fogith.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Foguth. I believe in educating you about information that matters to you and your retirement. Join me this week and every week as we welcome today's leaders in our community as well as experts in the field of finance and retirement to discuss topics that matter to you today. These discussions can help you make better financial decisions so you can plan for and live the retirement of your dreams. Well, welcome back, folks. I am excited for another great episode of the Here We Grow radio show. Uh, this week is like every other week. We have a phenomenal guest. Uh, we have one right now that is in the spotlight, not only on a weekly basis, but on a, on a daily basis, uh, both locally and nationally. Uh, we have the Eastern Michigan Athletic Director with us this week, Scott Weatherby. And Scott, I know you're kind of wearing two hats. We're going to talk about that on the show right now is you have this athletic director hat that you have to wear. And then you also have this VP hat, vice president hat that you have to wear and kind of how those co-mingle, but to give everybody out there listening a little bit of your background. And if you can share with us a little bit of that, but I know you've been in uh, you know, the, the, collegiate athletic administration industry, if you will, or, or position for over 20 years. And one of those awesome stories that I love, I got a big smile on my face for those out there that are watching online. You started selling tickets, which mm-hmm. led to the job in the market. That's kind of what my same passion was as I, I, I started kind of again at the bottom and then you just keep growing and going and going and going. So tell us a little bit about getting started in the whole, uh, I guess, you know, athletic administration arena.
0: Yeah, it, it, uh, I always thought I was going to get into coaching. So, you know, you're right. I, I came up through the what we call the ticketing ranks. Had my first opportunity at Western Michigan. Kathy Beauregard, who's the athletic director at Western right now. Her no, so husband.
1: she go there. She brought you on.
0: She did. She, her Her husband was my football coach and guidance counselor in high school. I called him back when I was getting my degree and said, hey, I need an internship to finish my degree. And she stuck me in the ticket office at Western Michigan back in 1997. So I'll date myself and uh, so that's where I got my first opportunity and just kind of worked my way up. And I've been all over, you know, went I went to Ball State, but I worked at Fresno State and San Diego State. I met my wife when I was in California and then moved to North Carolina and worked at East Carolina. And that's where I had the opportunity to start getting into marketing and fundraising a little bit and my two kids were born there and then we had the opportunity to go to the sec in mississippi state and really oversee those external areas and and really have a a, the sec network was just launched and i was a big part of that and it it was a, a lot of fun to kind of go through that and then have the opportunity to come home to eastern uh three years ago it's just been over just over three years and it's been a whirlwind three years, a lot happening here and a lot of challenges, uh, but I feel good that uh, we're, we're in a good spot right now. You know,
1: let's talk a little bit about that, that pandemonium, if you will. I mean, the pandemic hits, right? And, you know, and again, I'm just kind of speaking as a Joe public, if you will, pandemic hits and we're all fearful of, of health and all this other stuff and okay, stay at home, everybody goes to home. but. You still had students on on campus and, and student athletes, right?
0: Yeah, and and so when March twelfth hit, that that was the big one for college athletics because that's when we decided to pull the plug on uh, one on our basketball tournament. I was in Cleveland. We were having athletic director meetings with all the other ads in the MAC. That was pre arranged uh, months in advance, and and then to make decisions about that day, and then two hours later make a decision for the whole spring was really tough, and so. The challenge with that is trying to communicate, one, with your staff and then getting that disseminated down to the student athletes and, and making sure that you're communicating, which is the biggest piece to this. And with so many unknowns, you feel like you're communicating almost too much because every time you put something out, you're trying to be as transparent as you can. Two hours later, it's something completely different. And so I try to just tell people, look, this is fluid, we're just going to... Hang together. I'll be as upfront and honest with you as I can. Maybe too much that we have to pivot, and so I've used the word pivot quite a bit because we seem to be pivoting all all the time.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, was it the Mac? wasn't somebody on the actual court? Wasn't it? Was it the Mac tournament that somebody was on the court? I remember seeing it on
0: well we we had some two we had two of our teams out warming up we yeah, okay, did pull, that we had not started um, but yeah. we pulled them off of warm-ups had told them we were gonna like do temperature screenings and interview them and a half hour later we said you're not even going back on the court I mean it went that fast it went from, Okay, we're just going to check symptoms and do temperature checks to, you know, nope, we're done. And then it went to, nope, we're canceling the spring. All within a two-hour window. And so I'm driving home I'm, uh, from Cleveland for three hours trying to talk to our staff and called it all-staff meeting that night. Uh, we didn't know about Zoom. We didn't <laughs> I didn't know about Zoom till the following Monday. You know, it's yeah. all like, let's just get on a conference call and who's right. checking yeah. in? Right. Yeah. Let's.
1: You know, I'll patch you on your cell phone and you patch somebody else in, and right, we're doing it like we always would do. Yep. I, I agree. Yep. And now here I am. I do twelve Zooms a day, and my eyes are burning by the end of the day because all you do is look at a computer screen. It's crazy.
0: And now I don't even want to get on a phone call. I'm so used to seeing people. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. There's something about seeing people and interacting and kind of going through all of that and you know, and that kind of ties into, I mean, sports are, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a staple in not only this country, but in this world of, I mean, for one, there's it's it's a revenue source, obviously for the universities, but for there's such a ripple effect to this. So I guess when it comes down to making these decisions of canceling, I mean, not only a, uh, an event, but now we're talking about canceling seasons, right? In the spring. And now here we are, you know, in the fall, just recently announcing, and I believe the MAC was one of the first conferences in the country, right, to come out and be like, hey, we're, we're not going to play. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what? Where does this, I mean, is it happening individual conferences? Is it coming down from NCAA? Where are you guys getting the final hard stop decisions from?
0: Yeah, the, the decisions are being made at the conference level, because like you said, there there is a ripple effect. There's an impact to each of those. And we all have our own medical teams that are guiding us and and we're meeting with and you know i've had multiple zooms with three or four of our docs around our 12 campuses that will come on and actually advise us on where they think we're going to be what are the trends where is testing you know how easily can we get the tests what is the cost of the tests what what do we expect to see after labor day i mean we have all of this information you know i'm looking to doctors this is their specialty i'm i'm a dumb jock that's an athletic director that is trying to sit here and have student athlete experience their well-being their health their safety their mental health all those things are what i'm concerned about and so that that's the challenge is Getting guidance there but then also know there's a financial ramification and we're a little bit sheltered in the mat compared to a big 10 you know u of m has a hundred thousand people and they all converge on ann arbor and there's the money that's instilled within the community within the athletic department and then that's dispersed to all the student athletes and all their sports you know we have to think about that i was at mississippi state they're going to try to continue to play I don't blame the SEC. That's for Mississippi State, who has a $100 million budget, $80 million of it's football. And so if, if they don't have a football season, they may not have a department this year. And so right. they've got to do everything. It's worth $5 million to test every day and know that they're creating a basically their bubble if they can just to have the opportunity to play because the finances. And then Starkville, Mississippi itself, needs the money for k- people to come to town and spend money in their community. And they're gonna do that at a 25% rate right now. They're already gonna take a hit. If they totally shut it down, they get zero. It's it's bigger than just um, the university itself. But what I would say where I was comfortable in this is at the end of the day, if we truly care about our student athletes and their well-being, the doctors told us and didn't advise us that we should be trying to compete this fall, that we just couldn't do it. And that was the same message the Big 10 got, same message the Pac-12 got. And the only thing I wish would have happened, I wish the docs from each of the conferences would have got together and had conversations because it sounds like we are being advised differently than the SEC and the ACC and the big 12. And they They have,
1: I mean, they have to be right. I mean, if if big 10 and Mac are saying, well, our docs, everybody's saying to cancel sec, obviously I got to assume, right. And I hate to assume things, but their docs can't be like, no, you guys can't do this. And Saban and all the guys down in SEC are like, well, appreciate the opinion, but we're going to go ahead and advise again. Yeah. I mean, that's a liability nightmare. I can't imagine, right? right? Their docs have got to be saying something different.
0: Yeah, no, that, that that's exactly right. I, I joked that Dr. Fauci should have been the the head of that and got <laughs> all of our docs, all, all the docs together and let them work yeah. it out.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you're right, because it, it, okay, so we're talking about 80% of a school's uh, athletic budget is coming from one department. So let's talk about, I mean, the student athlete, I think that that's a huge one because Yes, we have their well-being, we have their things, but okay, so I look at athletics from a collegiate standpoint of they're not coming from all, like when you're in high school, we all come from the same town, right? We're all in the same general, we're on the same zone, right? Because we're in a school district, but now when you have these student athletes coming from all over the country, sometimes all over the world, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's, I know when I was at Central, there were athletes that came from different countries and played. So now, you, I mean, you have this whole other thing that's coming in. Tell me a little bit about that. So when these kids as student, I say kids, these student athletes are coming in, right? And they're, they're, they're kind of converging on your town. Was there, I mean, are you meeting with town officials, with people in the area? I mean, what's that look like from your standpoint?
0: Yeah. So how, how we managed this was obviously we, we worked with campus and our dean of students and our provost and communicating with our local um, county health to know, you know, hey, here, here's our plan. And we laid out, basically had a whole testing plan. So we had, you know, one, you had to basically fill out a form that lets us know where have you been, where have you traveled, what have you done, kind of do like a pre-screening before you could come to campus. Then once you got to campus, we tested every one of our student athletes because we wanted to baseline test all of our student athletes to make sure that Nobody could start until they did a pre-screening, did a test, had their physical, and then we're daily monitoring. So every time you walked up with your mask on, we did a checklist to make sure they didn't have temperature, didn't, you know, certain signs. And we're doing that daily and we we, we continue to do that. And then with the NCAA, we'll do continuous testing now where we'll go, uh, if you're in competition, you test every week. If you're out of competition, which our fall is obviously out of competition now, We will, what they call surveillance tests. So 25% of each group will, um, each team will be tested in their group. Now we potted everybody. So football didn't just come back and have 110 guys and they just threw them all together. We started really small with groups of like 15 or 20. And most of them were um, people that lived together. So if they were four to a house, four to a house, they were already kind of a family this summer anyways, and they worked out together and they stayed away from the other pods. And then you slowly start to bring them where we went outdoors, we might go from 20 to 40, but the roommates were the ones pairing up in less than six feet distancing, but they wore masks. And so you, you build the family piece to eventually by, you're gonna start hitting each other and tackling, right? And so they were there in August eventually you can't separate anymore and you can't wear your mask. And, but we, we took our time and did that and tested to make sure that you know we were easing it in as opposed to, okay, and this is what's happening is whether it's Greek life or some others, people are coming back to a house and they're throwing a party and nobody's been tested, nobody's been checked. They all go out, you know, and, and we talk a lot about you can't let somebody come infiltrate your group. The only oh. way somebody can get into your bubble is by going and letting somebody in or you go visit somebody that's not a part of the bubble. Stick to your bubble. And we do that by teams and everything. That's that's how we talk through it.
1: Absolutely. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. We're talking to the Eastern Michigan Athletic Director, Scott Weatherby. Um, Scott, look, I, I, I got a ton more questions. I appreciate you being here. Folks, again, if you're just tuning in, go to the here we grow radio Show.com. The entire interview is gonna be hosted on there, but we're gonna be right back with more from Eastern Michigan Athletic Director on the Here We Grow Radio Show. Tired of low rates at the bank? Michael Foguth from Foguth Financial Group invites you to learn how you can earn 2.3% interest guaranteed for two years or 2.5% interest guaranteed for three years or even 3.1% interest guaranteed for five years. Call 844-4-FOGUTH to learn more today. That's 844, the number four, F-O-G-U-T-H or visit foguthfinancial.com to schedule a phone appointment. Guarantees are based solely upon the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing company in compliance with product terms. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Fogel Financial Group are independent of each other. All right, we are back on the Here We Grow radio show with Eastern Michigan Athletic Director, Scott Weatherby. And Scott, right before the break, we were talking about how the student athletes were coming back onto campus at Eastern Michigan. Um, You guys were doing a great job of of all of the daily testing and the questions and keeping the kids as safe and as healthy as possible based off of all of the moving parts that are so fluid and And again, to your words that are pivoting on a a daily, weekly, hourly basis, right? So what I wanted to talk a little bit about is what do you foresee come we know fall's canceled, right? It's it's check, let's move on. When does winter start for sports? And what is your, your thought on that taking place? Because what do you foresee in the winter for sports and, and really getting your student athletes back in competition as safe and healthy as possible?
0: Well, I, I think there are a number of factors. And and one is, you know, where is your institution or your community in regards to testing and and positive rates, right? And so our with Washtenaw County, we've got, University of Michigan and Eastern Michigan. And You've got a number of of students that are um, 18 to 22, 18 to 23 years old in our county, and it depends on how they respond and how how smart they are, and uh, how we do as a community will help dictate where we are come November and December. You know, right now we really have no events until November, where we're turning the page to. You know we'll start looking at both basketball start i think november 10th is supposed to be when they start there's been discussion about delaying that start process how are we going to test how are we going to um, do that you know and then you'll start getting into we have swimming and diving we have gymnastics will be starting as well we have indoor track in field so those are ones that are kind of the next level and so it could we could be anywhere you know i think we'll have to make decisions before october 1st on are we going to get in, allow people to try to do something in November? Will we have fans? You're starting to talk about indoor events as opposed to outdoor events. And so a lot of that, where are we at on testing? You know, I think our region, we're obviously doing better than the South. Um, Michigan has done a, a a really good job being very forceful, obviously. And then, so how relaxed is that going to be? My struggle is, is I can't get people in a weight room in a gym. And so how, how am I going to have basketball games if, if we can't even get into a gym with with more than 10 people and we're at, you know, only because we're at an educational place can right. we- Right, you
1: can't go it. from couch to court, right? It's, no. it's just, you can't do that.
0: Right, and so we need some flexibility there, but I think we're also unique that we have the opportunity to uh, do COVID testing and, and be able to monitor and we have trainers and strength and conditioning staffs and coaches that are looking at this daily which is different than just you or I trying to go to a gym and work out or or, or go to a weight room and work out. So, and we've got stringent cleaning, you know, we've got a plan in place where it's a little different than, than just your, your mom and pop place. The university is going to need some of that leeway knowing that we're testing and the plans that we have in place to be able to go forward.
1: Well, you know, and that's the whole financial side of things, right? I mean, so, I mean, let's talk about student athlete financial, then we'll talk about the university for a minute because, Okay, so if you're a student athlete and, I mean, the, the height of 99% of collegiate athletes' peak of their career, right, and a very few, especially in the minority sports, are going to be able to go on to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the, the peak of, of their career, if you will, their athletic career is probably going to be some sort of MAC tournament or national tournament. And so when that's taken away, especially like in basketball, I I personally was shocked. I can kind of understand, but once they took away the fact that like that your eligibility is gone, does that come from individual conferences or does that come from the NCAA as far as not allowing a a, a student to have their eligibility for for the coming year?
0: Yeah, that that decision actually came from the NCAA. They they chose um, in the spring, and they've actually changed their tune here a little bit in the fall. They were basically your gymnastics and basketballs of the world. You were 90% of the way done. And since you pretty much finished the year, like our men's basketball team was done. The women's basketball was in the semifinal when we pulled them. um, So they still had an opportunity to make the NCAA. But once they stopped the championship and announced that, then uh, decided to um, not give eligibility to those that kind of went through because most of it was done. And then, but the spring, most people were just getting started. You know, baseball was 10 or 11 games in and uh, our outdoor track and field hadn't even started yet. So there was a number of those. Uh, I think rowing was just getting started as well. So those, they they were able to come back for another year and ha- have eligibility. Now, they just came out last week and said all fall sports, whether you play or not, even in the spring, you still are allowed to have uh, get your eligibility if you'd like. So yeah. we have to have institutional discussions now and conference discussions on where do we stand as a conference and then where do we stand as a university because that's a significant um, cost yes. um, because of the scholarships. And then what does that do to recruiting classes as well?
1: You know, again, I kind of go back to just hearing some rumblings of one of the big SEC guys, you hear Nick Saban say, we come back in the spring. And, and again, this was, maybe I misquoting him, but he said, basically we're gonna get JV football because our athletes that are going to be looking to turn pro are not going to jeopardize themselves this close to going into a draft, right? So, I mean, so now you have some players that are going to be possibly stepping down in the fall or in the spring, but the NCAA is saying that they can have their eligibility. Will they, they will not give them to come back in the fall again, if, if that's what decides to happen at this point.
0: So even if they play, say Alabama gets all 10 games in this year this fall they they figure out a way which i don't think they're going to but if they do um if they get those in those all those kids can come back another year they don't have to stay now you know, time that, or next fall next fall oh really yeah they wouldn't play in the spring yeah they, they're they're not going to have a spring season they're going to choose to play in the fall okay. now if we went to a conference-only schedule and played, say, eight or nine conference games, and then I went to my student-athletes and said, okay, we're going to play an eight-game max schedule, and then here's the protocols. You're going to get tested on Wednesday. You're going to fly to Army on Friday, and you're going to get your test results on Friday, and three of you are positive, and you were just all on a plane together. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then now we're going to actually not be able to play. So we're going to turn on fly back, and you just missed the Army game the following Saturday, and probably the other following Saturday, because you're quarantined for 14 days, you haven't practiced in two weeks, and now you just went from eight games to five games, and so those are the types of conversations that, you know, you're having, and then those guys are going, well, I'd rather redshirt, okay, I'll play three or four of those games, and then I'll come back next year, or now, they have the choice, now they can say, I don't even want to play, even in the spring, kids are like, well, I got my eligibility, well, maybe I'll play a couple games, maybe I won't you know, we're going to have to have those discussions as well. So there's a lot of uncertainty and then we don't know as a university or as a conference, how we're going to handle this and manage it. And then it's a domino effect. So if you I mean, like I say, say I have I'm 15, going
1: all these dominoes, because now you yeah. have scholarships, okay. Housing costs of, of bringing these kids back. Like, I mean, not, you have twice, as you have a whole extra class yeah, class on campus and in classrooms. I mean, some places can't accommodate those things.
0: Yeah, well, and, and you also have, say we have 15 football seniors come back and then you have your 85. And so then now you're at a hundred scholarships for football for one year. The only ones that graduate are the 15 because everybody else has their eligibility. So you only have, you have all 85 scholarships. So basically you have no 22 class recruiting class unless they stair-step it some way, shape or form. So we, we've got a lot of discussions to have over this. It's gonna be really interesting.
1: Absolutely. Folks, listen, we, we're getting really deep here with Eastern Michigan Athletic Director Scott Weatherby. Don't go anywhere, we're gonna come back, wrap the show up and go into what we're seeing in student athletes and what we're seeing in, let's get past the athletes because Scott's also the Vice President of Eastern Michigan. We're gonna talk a little bit about actual academics here coming up. So don't go anywhere, we're gonna be right back with you on the Here We Grow radio show.
0: What if your retirement plan was like the game of golf? Would you be landing on the green, in the sand or in the water? At Foguth Financial Group, we create a custom retirement plan unique to each one of our clients so they can play a better game. Because unlike in golf, there are no mulligans in retirement. To join our hundreds of satisfied clients, book your complimentary consultation with us online or call us at 844 the number
1: 4 FOGUTH. Welcome back, folks, to the Here We Grow Radio Show. We have Eastern Michigan Athletic Director and Vice President Scott Weatherby. Scott, again, thanks so much for being here. I just want to do a quick recap before we wrap the show up here. We've talked about what it was like, you know, where you were down in Cleveland when we, you know, when made the decision to cancel uh, the spring in, in the winter and what it's going to look like coming up here in the fall. We talked about making that decision as a MAC conference. Uh, we talked about how you got started in, in really this, this industry of athletic administration and a great story that that was. So, folks, that you want to catch up on those things, go to the Here We Go Radio Show website. Um, all of our episodes are on there. Let's kind of talk a little bit here as we wrap things up of, of you being the vice president there at Eastern Michigan. What does it look like that, that you see? Let's, not, let's get past the athletes, but the actual students themselves of the university coming back and really, I mean, is it all going to be, are we all going to be zoomed? Are we going to be virtual? What's it look like over there at Eastern Michigan?
0: Yeah, we, we've had a lot of discussion about this and actually just announced on Monday that we're we're delaying our in-person by three weeks. Um, so we were supposed to have move-in um, this week and we decided to wait until two weeks after Labor Day. We wanted to see where we were as a community and, and see if the response over Labor Day weekend and give, give us an opportunity to get everything and our testing and protocols in place for the university. You know we've been challenged with this and it was tough decisions to, to make uh, especially so close to the semester starting because we start school Monday. We do have online a lot of online classes um, we are trying to have you know there are just certain classes you have to have in person or certain labs that we need to have in person so you know I'd say we'd have 25-30% we're going to be in person and then the rest we're going to be online and now we're We're gonna shift those that were in person for the first three weeks. We're gonna have those be virtual classes and then shift to in-person on September 21st. And we're very hopeful that our numbers continue to go down and and it gets better, our testing gets better, uh, gives us an opportunity to have a, a, as true of a normal fall as we possibly can you know and we need to you know financially it's good for us to have the kids here in the dorms and you know we've got different vendors and third party groups that we work with and and want to make sure that we're honoring them as well and but at the end of the day it's about safety and and our well-being of our students and so that's ultimately why we decided to pause for 3 weeks i think you've seen around the country whether it's Michigan State going online or Notre Dame having clusters or North Carolina, North Carolina State, Alabama had a huge one come out, you know, central's having issues. So we want to learn from those a little bit and have the opportunity to make sure that we're doing it right and everybody feels safe as they come on campus.
1: Do do you see a lot of the the student body coming back to, quote unquote, to campus, to dorms, to, to local housing? Or do you see them doing this virtual learning from their hometowns?
0: Yeah, I think you're going to have a mix of that, especially those that up front, you know, when 75% of your your uh, students are going to be online anyways, and it's not, it's their classes are, so they may only have one in person and four online. And, and we're, you know, we have a lot of community and a lot of ours is within 50 miles of, of Ypsilanti. And so they may drive in for that day and then leave. And so there are concerns there and we want to have protocols coming into buildings and making sure that anybody that's come on campus has kind of did a a self-check, did a little evaluation. We're unique that we don't have the big dorm. You know, know, Michigan State has its own little city there with 14,000 on campus and, you know, we're at 3,000. So it's a little bit more manageable, but we still have 15,000 students at Eastern. And so some are gonna choose to stay at home home and others are going to still live off campus and then others were going to choose to live on campus and and then we just need everybody to be really smart and not get out and county did an ordinance where it's 25 or less even outdoors. Uh, to kind of help mitigate some of those that people want to have a, a house party in their backyard and it'd be more, more right? Yeah, yeah trying trying to get away from that as much as we can.
1: Sure. right. Last question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. So folks listening, we have Scott Weatherby, the Eastern Michigan Athletic Director. Scott, so here's my question. Your best guess, when will we see football back in the MAC? or let's just talk to Matt because I know that's you. When do you foresee your student athletes back on the field making that hit, having their rivalries with the, with the Central Michigans, with the Western Michigans? When do you foresee that taking place?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have a a fall that looks a lot like our spring where we're getting in training and and doing what we can to get prepared for the spring. And then I think we'll have some kind of football season in the spring and it'll probably be a conference only would be my guess type of scenario and then have a MAC championship in May. Uh, that's just my we have not laid out schedules or you know we're having those discussions now so that's just where I think we'll we'll see some hitting in the spring we just got to figure out what's safe right how many games can you play in the spring and then how many can you get in in the fall and not feel like you can't they can't play 24 football games in a calendar year so we need to be really smart about their their health and safety and knowing they have another year of eligibility at least granted by the NCAA gives a little flexibility to that so that, that's when I think we'll see. I think you're going to see these power fives that are moving forward right now. They're going to try to play and we're going to have a lot of hiccups and you're going to have a lot of games that are going to get canceled and people are only going to play five, four, six, eight games. Very few will get all 10 in. That's just my personal opinion. And I don't know if I'd like that each week, not knowing.
1: Right. Not knowing if you're going to be on the field or not. Well, yep. I appreciate your time. Scott, go out, have a great day. Uh, continued success there. and. Uh, take it easy on our Chippewas when we see you guys on the field coming up here. So thanks so much. Uh, Again, folks, on the Here We Grow radio show, we have Eastern Michigan Athletic Director and Vice President Scott Weatherby. Scott, thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Here We Grow Show. To learn more about how we can help you and to get access to the resources mentioned on today's show, visit herewegrowshow.com. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Your reviews are the ways we reach more and more people each and every week. If you found today's episode helpful, you can bet there are others out there that would benefit from listening. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to easily access future and past episodes. Make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Here We Grow Show. Investment advisor services offered through personal capital management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor, BCM, and Focus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.